From KOSU, this is Songwriters and Tour Writers. I'm Matthew Viriapa. School is just around the corner. For many, it's going to mean new beginnings in a time where things are already complicated enough. So for the next pair of episodes, we're talking to two young musicians from Oklahoma. One was a recent high school grad considering music school, and the other just graduated last May from Berklee College of Music. Both released new albums this year, and both are contemplating what the future will hold for them and other young musicians. On this episode is Josh Fudge. He released his first studio album, Fun Times, at the beginning of this year. Juxtaposing sweet melodies with melancholic lyrics, the album captures what it's been like for him transitioning into adulthood. We talk about what it was like graduating in a pandemic, how his plans for the future have changed because of that, and what it was like recording his first studio album. My name is Josh Fudge. I'm an 18-year-old artist uh, based in Oklahoma City currently. Um, I was born and raised here, and I've been playing music for uh, pretty much my whole life. I started at four, and the ball just kind of kept rolling as far as music goes. You know, I started um, on piano and then eventually picked up guitar and bass, and, you know, I've been singing for a while, too. Just started releasing music on Spotify last year. And my project has started to get a decent amount of traction, which is super, super cool to watch. Um, I've started to get more involved here in the Oklahoma music scene, and that's been super, super fun. Met some super cool people. Um, And yeah. Did you just start college like this last fall? Yeah. So I actually, I planned to, um, and COVID kind of, you know, uh, destroyed that plan. Um, So the plan initially was I made it into Belmont University's songwriting program. And I was going to go over there. Belmont is based in Nashville. So I saw a lot of opportunity um, there just because, you know, Nashville is so, you know, well-known for music. And then I also was super excited for college. Um, But, you know, it all ended up going online and there's like no way I can function in online school. I, I had to do it for the end of my senior year and it was awful. You know, I like could not focus. I didn't learn a thing. And I was like, you know, maybe it's just best if I wait. And it's super cool because Belmont is actually holding like my placement and all of my scholarships, which is super, super great. Um, And yeah, so I'm I'm taking a gap year. And the plan currently is to go to college August 2021. Well, it's awesome to hear that, you know, they're they're doing you uh, such a a good favor of like, you know, making sure that you still have a spot. Oh, yeah, totally. Especially because it's such a competitive program. I was really, really pleased whenever they said that they were going to hold like my placement and everything. Um, Because, you know, the audition process is always kind of nerve wracking. And then when they said they would hold my scholarships, too, I was like, okay, great, because I'm not really losing anything from this year. So I've really just spent it getting more involved. Yeah, like the whole music scene and, you know, making as much content as possible while also working a full time job. And it's been pretty good for me, honestly. That is good to hear that, you know, uh, during this like pandemic times, people are still able to like, you know, uh, to grow and uh, um, kind of just enjoy like the different facets of life. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, the pandemic has really been harmful in a lot of ways to everybody. So I've really just tried to do my best to, you know, continue doing my best regardless and, you know, keep doing the things that I can do, control what I can control and then not worry about what I can't, you know? Yeah. You graduated like during during the shutdown, you had to switch to internet school. Were there any apprehensions of like still pursuing, you know, uh, a degree in music and trying to be a musician? Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like um, basically what my philosophy was with the whole, you know, college thing and, you know, being a musician was actually like besides music schools, I obviously looked at, you know, all the music schools, but I was also looking into a degree in engineering um, just because of that, like kind of fear, you know, because it's like, oh, what if I don't make it? Or what if I'm not good enough? And dude, I mean, I, I really gave that a lot of thought because it's something that, you know, that's a legitimate thing to think about. You know, the music industry isn't the most, um, you know, like solid industry. It's not that easy to get into it necessarily. And, you know, I really, really set and, and mold that over. And I, I realized, I mean, dude, I've been doing music since I was four. I've loved it since I was four. In all of my free time, it's what I do. It's my safe place. It's where I go. I love music more deeply than I've ever loved anything in my entire life. There is no doubt in my mind that I'm going to be a musician someday, that it's what I'm going to do and I'm going to make a career and it happen. I love it too much for it for I me mean, to not do it, you know? And I mean, I think engineering is cool, sure. But it's like, do, do I have that love, that fire, you know, in me for it? And I was like, no, I don't. And although music is definitely the more unsure option, it's the option that I know I, I want. It's the option that I love. And it feels right. You know, like in me, it feels right. So that's that's kind of what my thoughts were on on the whole, like, you know, were there any doubts? Were there any apprehensions? Absolutely. But am I going to go for it regardless of those apprehensions? Also, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and move on to, you know, your debut studio album, which is called Fun Times. Um, does that title really sum up what it was like making the album? Well, more or less. So Fun Times as a title was kind of like this sick, twisted kind of joke on my part, because, you know, if you've listened to the record, pretty much all of the songs are are sad in some variety. Like the whole album is kind of this juxtaposition of like really pretty, like happier, funky, upbeat songs for the most part. There are some uh, slower songs in there for sure. But those, you know, are juxtaposed with these super sad kind of lyrics. And that's kind of what I was going through, you know, like I'm this, you know, 17 slash 18 year old kid going through his senior year and then all of this BS is happening, you know, whether it's COVID or, you know, girl problems and all that kind of stuff. I'm saying goodbye to pretty much like everything that I know while trying to live my best life, do my thing and make music. And that's kind of, you know, what created fun times was like, I, I was just going through like all of, all of this kind of stuff. And, and I had this idea, I was like, it'd be so funny to juxtapose those two things, like the super happy kind of carefree instrumentals with, you know, really somber messages. Yeah, 
I feel like that's kind of how I cope with problems, you know, is like I joke about them. I treat them in a lighthearted manner, even if the content is actually kind of sad. So that's kind of why I went for the name Fun Times. Yeah, kind of, you know, looking on the the bright side of life, even though, like you said, a lot of these songs are are a little bit more melancholy. Yeah, melancholy is a great way to describe it. Melancholic and nostalgic are two things that I really tried to focus on uh, when making this record, mostly because I felt so much of those emotions in this last year of my life. Because, yeah, like I said, I mean, I was about to leave literally everything that I've ever known. I was born and raised here in Oklahoma City. And you know, I was about to move to Nashville, where I know like maybe one person if I'm lucky. And you know, go for this dream I've had my entire life. And it's like, holy God. And then the pandemic happens and it's like, oh my God, like what is even happening? You know what I mean? It's all of these like strange kind of loose ends that I'm trying to tie up and all these goodbyes that I'm trying to make in a time where nothing makes sense at all. And it is very melancholic. You know, it was this strange kind of goodbye. Uh, Me reflecting on the entirety of like my life and my high school life and the world as I knew it, you know? Did you write a lot of these songs, you know, while school was kind of a normal uh, daily thing? Or was it kind of during the pandemic when you really found the time to, like, start writing? Yeah, so I had started putting together the album um, earlier in the year, kind of before everything, you know, um, went downhill. But I I did write, I, I would probably see the majority of the record in the pandemic times. Like, I had had, like, a concept kind of for it. But yeah, during when the pandemic happened, you know, I had a lot more free time, obviously, and a lot of emotions. And I feel like that's really what causes the best art to happen. I felt so passionately and so strongly about everything that was happening. It became so easy to write. Um, and yeah, I kind of captured that kind of time for me. So yeah, m- most of it was written in the pandemic. Where did you go to high school? Yeah, so I went to high school at class and school of advanced studies, um, which is really cool. It's an well, it was at when I went to a middle school, high school. They just separated the middle school and the high school. But I went there for seven years. Um, I guess six and a half if you <laughs> don't count the online school at the very end. But And were you always kind of like, like if you were to put yourself into a clique, is it always just like, oh, yeah, I was, I was the music guy. I was the person, you know, everyone knew was really into music and made music. Yeah, I mean, I think I, yeah, definitely. Like everybody everybody knew that I was super into music because it's all I ever did. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I ever really necessarily got involved with any, any kind of clicks. I, I floated around a lot and never really like fit, I guess, into a certain like group of people necessarily in terms of an archetype. But yeah, if you talk to anyone from my high school, I think that they'll, they, they all know that I love music. You know, I was doing all the talent shows. I was doing all the extracurricular music stuff. I was, playing piano at all times whether it was in the hallways or in the choir rooms or in the piano rooms it was just music all the time so yeah i would definitely say that i i, I was the music guy yeah you text me and ask if i'm okay i say i'm all right just thinking need something to clear my mind you ask my plans for the So how do these like kind of emotions, you know, first 
manifest themselves into to songs for you? Is it through the lyrics? Is it through like, you know, a certain lick or a couple of notes that you're playing? Sure. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting question. So, my writing process has always I, I the thing is you know people ask me this a decent amount and whenever I'm writing the last thing that I'm doing is thinking. It's just like I start with a feeling. Ever since I was really little, I used to sit down at the piano and improvise. It was kind of how I got all of my feelings out. Um, you know, for the day, I never kept a journal. I never did any of that. Whenever I was feeling overwhelmed, I would just go to the piano and play. And I wouldn't think I would just pour out what I was feeling into whatever, you know, manifested itself. I learned how to kind of paint my feelings with sounds. I did that for so many years that it just kind of feels like second nature. Like when I get really overloaded in life, I just kind of sit down you know, whether it's on my computer or a piano or whatever it is, or guitar. And I just kind of do what feels right. I think that a song should encapsulate who you are whenever you create it and what you're feeling when you create it. And I think that if you just pour your essence into it, then it will come out like it needs to. So was it ever a question at all of like, I'm going to put out an album, you know, as soon as I can? Like, that's what it kind of feels like for this, where, you know, you're 18, you're about to go to, to music school, but you still want to, like, put out a project. I really, I, I don't know. I, I've wanted to release music forever. Um, and, you know, I did have a few singles before this record, but the project really... I mean, I've always been really prolific. I love writing all the time. I have a bunch of singles even in the pipeline right now. I really just kind of decided this year, I was like, you know what? I've been spending my entire life getting ready to take the shot, you know, getting ready to go for it in music, getting ready to start releasing and, you know, playing live more often and really getting into the industry. You know, I've spent all my life learning and playing and improvising. And, you know, this year I kind of finally felt like I had grown up grown up enough to be like you know let's start taking it let's make it happen you know so i started releasing you know i saw some you know decent reactions here and there and then um you know when she's gone got you know some decent amount of traction and then the record's been doing crazy well i mean it's like it's at like three hundred and ten thousand streams right now which is insane um you know i've passed twenty five thousand monthly listeners on spotify which is awesome um I don't know. I mean, for me, it's just kind of felt natural. It's like, this is what I want to do. So why don't I just start, you know, making content, giving it a try. And I'm super glad I did, man. It's been an absolute blast. Even though it's been hard work, it's been the best kind of hard work, you know? Let's talk about that, you know, that first song. Um, I think that might have been the first song that I heard um, by you, uh, When She's Gone. Yeah. Yeah. When She's Gone is super, super fun. I mean, the baseline on that song was really an absolute joy, but it started with the synth lick. Which is super, super cool. The way that it's voiced, it just creates like super cool chords. 
What kind of influenced and I guess inspired some of the songs on this album? Yeah, I really like to think of fun times as one big goodbye. Um, it's a goodbye to people that I used to know. Um, it's a goodbye to you know like relationships that I had go downhill. Fun times serves as one big goodbye to the entire juvenile chapter of my life. I mean, really, I, I poured. I mean, all of, yeah, all of those emotions, whether it's heartbreak or nostalgia or, I mean, uncertainty about the future, I, I kind of just poured all of that into the record. Those were some huge inspirations for me. Um, I mean, like, you know, every song obviously has a different story, but it kind of has this whole arc of, yeah, like me learning how to let go, you know, me coming to terms with a lot of things and stuff like that. Who are some of your musical influences or things that you were maybe watching or, or listening to during, you know, all this free time that people have during the pandemic? Were you like listening to any albums, watching any movies that kind of made its way onto this project? Yeah, totally. Um, so big musical influences for me. I listen to a lot of music, but really recently I've found myself absolutely in love with the whole indie pop, bedroom pop kind of vein. Um, so obviously I take a lot of inspiration from, you know, like Mac DeMarco, Boy Pablo, stuff like that. I mean, like they're huge for me. A lot of Still Woozy, actually, I've been listening to lately. I think Still Woozy is absolutely awesome. There's a lot of artists who I take a lot of inspiration from. Uh, I like Coin a lot. I love Walk the Moon Sports, who's actually from Tulsa. I've been listening to them a lot. They're awesome. I don't know. I, I've really come to love the indie pop, bedroom pop kind of genre um, because it takes like all of the things that I kind of like about music and, and puts it all into one. It takes like the really like just a pinch of jazz harmony with a bunch of really cool like vintage and fuzzy tones you know lots of nostalgic undertones with that as well and that's just something that i really enjoy so those were some really big inspirations for the record for sure let's kind of talk about like some of the the middle portions of the the album uh how would you kind of characterize you know songs like uh hit my line or you know new thing yeah hit my line and new thing are definitely a turning point in the record so like Hit My Line is a very like unsure and anxious kind of song. It kind of serves as the breakdown before you find like that kind of confidence in the record. So, so I, I wrote it whenever I was in this situation. I had been talking to a girl that I had been involved with for a really long time. Blue heart next to you and me. And we were talking about 
you know, reinitiating things, like getting back together, trying to make things work, all that. And it caused just so much anxiety because we were both so unsure about what we wanted to do and what we should do and all of that kind of stuff. You know, it's coming out of There She Goes, Hey My Line Is, which is such like a spacey, you know, like sad kind of song about like, you know, you think things are over and then all of a sudden in Hit My Line, there's a possibility that it's not, you know, and then new thing happens and new thing I think is kind of the definitive end of that kind of relationship. Um, I, I wrote new thing after becoming very fed up with that whole situation. I remember, I have a really cool memory about New Thing because, you know, it has that really interesting kind of drunk feel to it. I wanted it to feel like kind of disorienting because it's like you're kind of stumbling into this new like way of thinking because you're coming out of all of this like, you know, fuzzy headspace that you've been in. Let me guess another text that you sent to me 3 I brought in Jacoby, who's, God, I mean, he's stupidest drummer ever. He's so good. Um, and he listened to it once and I was like, yeah, man, I just want this kind of drunk feeling. He's like, oh, I got it. I know. And it was like second take that he got the <laughs> the track for it. It was, it was so awesome. Watching that song come together was super, super fun. That serves as the end of that kind of arc, you know, because it's just like, I, I just want something new. I'm ready to say goodbye. I'm ready for this to be done. But yeah, like hit my line and new thing definitely serve as a turning point, you know, in the record. What, what I really like about the record is Second Date, which is the second track. Second Date actually started as a voice memo um, that my friend Tyler recorded, which was super cool. He had like a little voice memo on his phone that we ended up using. You know, like the, the hook is like, hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a So it's like, wow, things are progressing so fast and I miss the honeymoon stage. I miss the blissful ignorance where I used to be. 
you know, and then you get to sweet love and it's talking about, you know, I'm tired of the sweet love. Let's get into the real, you know, the real kind of relationship. I'm, you know, I'm sick of this like honeymoon kind of phase. So there's definitely like a bipolarity to this album. That's really interesting. Uh, you've mentioned a few uh, different people now. Um, uh, Tyler, who I'm assuming is, uh, is it Tyler Sexton? Yeah. Tyler Sexton, an absolute legend. He's super cool, man. Uh, me and him are pretty tight. Same with Logan. Him, me, and yeah, yeah, like Tyler, me, and Logan are are all pretty close friends. And Logan is the studio engineer, I'm assuming, or yeah, yeah. So what he does is he he produces slash mixes slash engineers, um, and he's killer at all of it. And you know, we work together on a lot of it. Like right now with my new single, we're literally just sending each other logic sessions back and forth, um, and you know, honing in the arrangement and all that kind of stuff, which is super fun. Yeah. Like me and Logan are, are two peas in a pod. We're super similar and have the absolute time of our lives. Like we hang out a ton when we're not doing music as well. And it's super cool, man. They're awesome people and have really been some of the most important people in my life recently. How'd you guys meet? Oh, funny story. It's a really funny story. So um, I actually met Tyler for the first time when I was like eight and we were doing this ACM at UCO summer rock camp <laughs> and we got put in the same band We played Sweet Home Alabama together. And Tyler's a decent amount older than me. So he was probably like 13 or something like that. And yeah, he gave me his email and was like, yeah, man, email me. Let's jam. Let's start a band. And apparently I never emailed him back. So sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but you were eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like bypassed the age restriction. I went in did it by audition. I was like, yeah, man, I can, I can play keys. I have keys chops. Can I please do this camp? And they were like, yeah, sure. Um, and he expected an eight year old to have an email. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but it was awesome. And me and Tyler's paths just kind of kept crossing um, throughout the years. Like we, we didn't really get close till this last year, which is hilarious because, you know, we've been like flirting in each other's lives uh, forever. It feels like you know, I've even played gigs for him in the past when I was like 15, 16, uh, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, actually it was like when I was maybe 16, 17, he went back as like a mentor person, like a teacher for that rock camp, which was crazy. And obviously I developed a ton by then. So we, we started talking a bunch more and yeah, it was like last year he brought me down to Aries studio because he was tracking one of his early singles and he needed some keys work done and Logan was producing it for him. And, you know, I went in, I went into the studio, tracked the part, got to meet Logan, kind of get a feel for the studio recording process. Cause that was pretty foreign to me at that point. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was really the start of something beautiful. Like I didn't even really realize it. I started working with Logan um, you know, and co-producing, you know, with him, I started playing on a whole bunch more of Tyler's stuff. Tyler started playing on a whole bunch more of my stuff. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful friendship. Me and Tyler have been through a ton together now. And I love him like a brother. He's great. Super sweet guy. Um, and great music. Definitely go check him out. We're not the same. You and I. I'm nothing but a change of place for you to pass the time. Baby, we're through. On that last song, Losing Time, is that a reference to just, you know, this entire pandemic being like a loss of 
a loss of a lot of months that you you could have been you know going to college or anything like that sure yeah losing time um as a track really i mean that that song really means a lot to me and whenever i wrote it you know i was sitting and actually it was was the conversation that started my entire train of thought that made this song really was like i used to reminisce about being able to sit as a child and do nothing right just sit and lose time doing whatever it is you know that you did as a kid you just kind of piddled the hours away and it was lovely you look back on it with such with such a fondness um and now here we are you know locked inside all the time doing absolutely nothing and we hate it (laughs) and i was like well i mean that really is interesting I mean, it's like the grass is always kind of greener on the other side. We look back at all of these old memories with such fondness and uh, are so discouraged about where we are now. And yeah, like we're sitting and, and losing all of this time. And I was like, wow, I mean, that's, there's so many things there that I, I that really resonate with me, you know? And I was like, wow, I went home and I started to write this. perfectly sums up everything that I was feeling whenever I created it but yeah it totally I mean in a way it is talking about the pandemic but I think the lot of losing time is really talking about I mean like childhood old memories nostalgia just missing sitting and losing time with people those memories that you kind of take for granted whenever you're in them and you know you have no clue the weight that they're going to hold you know as you grow older you know, like there's a lot of uh, things in that song that I touch on that are really dear to me. Lose, losing time is, is definitely, I think, the most emotional song on the record. interesting kind of uh, space for you to be thinking in since you're only 18 right yeah do you feel like this is the kind of space that a lot of people your age are kind of in like I feel like um, a lot of uh, I guess Gen Z are very nostalgic about things oh yeah totally um, I, I personally feel like nostalgia is one of the most potent emotions that a human being can feel. I think it's second only to love uh, in terms of just how it hits you. Becoming a young adult right now, I mean, it's a very, very crazy, you know, like time to to be alive. You know, like this is a very rude awakening in a kind of sense. So it's, it's definitely really easy to miss, you know, when the world just seemed a little bit simpler. I think Gen Z in particular kind of grew up on a, on a very strange kind of cusp. Um, like, you know, technology has become so much more prevalent in everyone's lives. And I think Gen Z kind of grew up right on the like tail end of that, you know, like, you know, like I have a few younger siblings and all of their friends, you know, are getting like iPhones and stuff in like third grade. And, you know, that was completely unheard of, like for us, you know, like there was this like simpler kind of time, I think, in a lot of Gen Z's minds. 
Um, and I think that's maybe why it's so easy for us to be nostalgic is because we really kind of witnessed the tail end of a massive change in the world. Fun times is me being 18, floundering around and trying to figure out what on earth to do with life. And I'm so glad that I captured that. And hopefully I just continue to do so. When you look back and you, you know, you listen to these songs, maybe years later, what do you hope you'll end up feeling? I hope that, you know, honestly, I, I'll hope that I'll be disgusted with these songs. I'll hope that I have grown enough to be like, wow, I can't believe that I was, you know, doing this. But then also I want to be proud. I, I, and I think that I will be, man. I really do think that I will be like, wow, I was 18 and just going for it. And this is what it sounded like. You know what I mean? I, I can't wait to watch how I grow over these next few years. Cause you know, like looking back at my first project, I'm like, dang, what was I doing? I honestly really hope that I have that feeling again. Um, because it's like, I, I am so ecstatic to grow. I am so excited to continue to develop, but I'm also so thankful that this project exists because I truly do believe that it captured who I was when I created it. That was Josh Fudge. Since this interview, Josh turned 19 and has actually decided not to go to college. He has a record deal and is making music full-time now. Go to kosu.org to find out more about him and the full list of songs featured in this episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss our next episode with music school graduate, Pisha. I thought going to music school would be like 100% different than it was. Songwriters and Tour Writers is a production of KOSU and the service of Oklahoma State University. Our editor is Ryan McCroy, and our cover art was created by Terry Ferris. You can find Songwriters and Tour Writers wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Viriapa. I'm tired